What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday and Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the program on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our social pages on Facebook and Twitter for further updates. Uh, great to be back this week. Got a kind of kind of new, kind of old guest. Uh, Chris Burns is back, and uh, we're not talking college football this time. We're talking the PLL. Uh, some lacrosse. Uh, Chris, what's up? Hey, man. Hey, Garrett. How are you? Um, I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. It feels good to be back. I'm glad uh, the first time didn't go so poorly that I wasn't allowed back on. Um, but yeah, like you said, no more college football talk. This time we're going lacrosse, which I'm excited about. There was, there was some fun lacrosse being played last week, and I think we should talk about it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was um, excited to or I'm excited to get into this. So, you know, PLL just recently had their uh, championship series, which is, um, I believe, second year that they've done this. Um, and so for the, for like listeners at home, the championship series, what's the difference between that and like the regular PLL? Yeah. Yeah. So the regular PLL is played this summer. It starts right after Memorial day and ends in early September. Um, mm-hmm. there's, teams in that each team plays one maybe two games a weekend um there's games on like friday saturday sunday mm-hmm. uh a regular season that's about 10 weeks long or eight weeks long and there's a playoff yeah um, and so the championship series is a little bit different um like second year that they've had it but um the top four teams from last year's uh regular season qualify okay. uh championship series so the four best teams last summer are were playing last week okay and so instead of having like a full season it's just like one week i think it's literally was six days from the 14th to the 19th um there's four teams it's a round robin to start so everyone plays each other once so it's three games total and then they just seat everyone one through four and then play just single elimination tournament semi-final game final game Mm -hmm. um so, so really quick um, multiple games per day in a lot of cases, um, but there was a lot, a lot of lacrosse being played. And one other thing that is like the big part about it is that, like you said, it's sixes. So it's it's not field lacrosse. It's not you know three defense, three midi, three attack a goalie. Um, there's six people on the field, um, no long poles, which is um, a big difference. There's no offsides. It's a shorter field, um, thirty second shot clock. Um, and so this is what's going to be at the Olympics. It was just approved. It'll be at the Olympics in 2028. Um, so this is sort of the format that they're playing. So it definitely still is lacrosse, but it is super new and it's much different than anything like college lacrosse or even PLL, like normal field. Yeah. I think that was pretty neat. Like when I was checking out, watching some of the games, you know, I think the different format, the six on six, I think, you know, made it a lot more exciting. You know, I think the scoring was up there were a lot of goals and it was really fast paced. I think like there were times where I was watching games and I'd look down and be like, Oh shoot, I missed the goal. So, you know, I think that that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I think it's, it's very different to me. Like I, I play lacrosse my whole life, like just like field lacrosse, normal lacrosse. Right. Um, I watch it a ton and it's, it's super different. And to me, it almost feels like, um, a little bit like it feels like more of a practice than a game in the sense that especially in the early games in the tournament where teams like, you know, it was the first few times playing it, it's six on six, super fast, like you said, but a lot of running up and down. There's no, wasn't a whole lot of seem to be settled offense. Um, 
no long poles means that like everyone's playing everything. So there wasn't as much as felt like coordinated team defense. Right. Um, but at least a, a lot of high scoring, like you said, a lot of action. There was a lot of physicality this week. Um, and I think for people who don't know what lacrosse is and they they watch it for the first time at the Olympics in 2028 and they see it, I think they're going to be surprised and like pleasantly surprised um, just how fast it is, how high scoring and how like fast paced it is basically. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool that they are like doing something different than like the typical lacrosse that they play so that it's a way people can kind of watch it and get used to it. And then, you know, Hey, before you know it, it's, in Olympic sport and people can watch it and really get into it. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I think at this moment, like I've only seen this sport being played like last year at the championship series. And there was a little bit over the summer and then this championship series, I don't love it that much to be honest so far. Um, I totally understand why they're doing it um, mm -hmm. because for people watching in the Olympics, like there's some quirky rules, like the cross offsides is hard to get for the first time you're watching. Yes. Um, when the, the shot, a big change in the sixes, like in field lacrosse, when you shoot and miss the net, whoever's closest to the ball where it goes out of bounds, when it goes out of bounds, gets the ball back. And so that, that wasn't the case in sixes. But that's a much more understandable rule if you're watching for the first time. So I get it. Hmm. Um, so kind of getting into the actual play in the tournament, um, you know, I think I watched a couple games here and there. For you, watching some of the games, what were some of your like big takeaways um, in terms of players and teams and kind of just anything? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, a big change was that uh, two-pointers were were pretty valuable. I mean, like, mm -hmm. they, they brought the, the two-point line only exists in pro lacrosse and PLL. And they brought it in for the sixes. So it's even shorter than it is in the normal summertime. Mm -hmm. um, there were there were a lot of um there were a lot of two-point goals, which I thought I mean makes sense. Like you're getting twice as as much production for, you know, not that bad of a look a lot of times. And these guys can shoot it, you know, more than hundred miles an hour. Um so I think um that was definitely a big thing. And like the teams that can play in transition, um, there's no face-offs after goals. Goal just picks it up out of the back of net and just clears it out to any of the players. Mm -hmm. So there's a few times when like teams are subbing, um, anything like that. Uh, you can kind of catch a team sleeping and you sneak someone behind their defense. Goalie sends like a big looping pass over everyone, and you have a one on one, which is most times a goal for the offense. Um, so I think teams that play in transition were very good, um, and teams that could utilize the, the two point arc were very good, mm -hmm. um, which leads to a lot of the players who I think uh, performed um, very well. Sure. Um, I think obviously we start with Kieran McArdle, who he won the Golden Stick Award, which was most points. So he had five games, mm -hmm. um, at thirty-eight points. So he had fourteen goals and six two-pointers, which is which is very impressive, along with twelve assists. Um, he, he he's a veteran. He's been good for a very long time. Um, he's a reason the Water Dogs made it to the finals. Obviously, very good. Um, the Water Dogs team is super solid. I mean, they were in it last year, um, in the regular season. Mm -hmm. um, no surprise they were in it here um it did was tough for them in the finals they're arguably their best player michael sowers took a big hit and got uh knocked out of the game early in the first quarter in the finals um which i mean a bunch of the other players on the on the water dog stepped up for sure but if he's playing who knows if that game goes a different way mm -hmm. oh interesting yeah hmm. and, and 
Yeah, so he's known to get hurt. I mean, he has been hurt a few times before. Um, some other guys who I thought were really good, who might be like people don't realize as well. Well, one would be the the short stick defensive midi, who like he won their like an SSDM award for this championship series. Uh, Bubba Fairman, I thought he was excellent. He had the most cause turnovers, I think, out of any player. Um, it's so hard to play defense on these guys, especially with the short stick. Um, because sure. I mean, even with the six foot long pole, like you see these guys getting beat all the time. And so, you know, you're playing both ways against the best guys, you know, offensively in the world. Like he, he did a really good job. Um, had it like 12 or 14 points, I think for tournament too. So was, was there offensively as well. Um, it was really, really good. Not sure. And then two more guys, uh, Ronan Jacoby, who was on the Archers, um, he kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he played, I want to say, D3 lacrosse for a couple of years and then transferred D- D1 maybe for a year. And then um, sort of this was his first time in the spotlight, and he played very, very well. Um, he had a lot of points. Um, yeah, he led the Archers in points. He had 20 points in four games, so he was very, very good for them. Um, and then lastly, Matt Campbell. So he was a top 10 pick in last year's draft. Uh, midfielder for the Cannons, who was uh, he actually went to Villanova, which is where I went to school. Um, I saw him play a couple times. Um, he had a really strong rookie season. He was an All Star, um, and then he was so he was fourth uh, this tournament in points. Um, he had he tied for the most two point goals with seven. Um, I thought he was an offensive spark for them. He's he's a physical like downhill midfielder. He's a very very hard shot. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he kind of. He was he was good in the, in the regular season, but to me, it felt like he was just kind of his coming out party, where he like really like turned his game up and like kind of showed how good he really is. Mm-hmm. So the Cannons and the Water Dogs were kind of the two teams that I think were the best in this championship series, and they ended up meeting in the championship. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, so for the, like those two teams, obviously, were most impressive. How about the? Was it the Archers and the Redwoods? What did yep. you think about their, like, performance? Yeah. Um, I think to, I'll start with the Archers, Utah Archers. Um, I honestly am not worried about their performance. They they went winless. Um, but their roster in the summertime is going to look a lot different than it does right now. Um, a lot of these guys play in the NLL, like box across. Gotcha. And so doing that and not playing in the championship series. So – um, but top three player in the world, maybe the best player in the world, Tom Schreiber didn't play for the Archers. Uh, Connor Fields, very good offensive weapon for them, didn't play. Mac O'Keefe. Um, and then obviously it's different when you don't bring any any defensemen, basically. All these teams are bringing midfielders, attackmen, guys who are playing with short sticks. Nice. Um, just because there's more offensive game needed and there's just less you can do with the short stick on like defensively that those defenders t- uh, typically didn't make the roster um, for these teams. Um, so the Archers, like I'm not that worried about. Um, I think, I think they will be strong ne- in the summertime. Um, they just didn't have the best performance this week uh, for the Redwoods. It's interesting. I- I've been a Redwoods fan sort of since the uh, start of the league. And I feel like they're at this stage where they're, they're a good team. They're a solid team, but they feel like they're not, good enough to, to win one of the, one of the championships. Um, I think Rob Pinnell is still really good. Um, definitely maybe not in his prime, but he's still a good quarterback for the offense. Um, he was banged up playing through injuries um, in their semifinal game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't know. I think a lot of guys underperformed uh, for the for the Redwoods. One guy in particular was um, Bromar Dennis. So when he's good, he's really good. I think he led the, the – I think last year he led the championship series either in, in goals or two-point goals. He was phenomenal. Um, he had, like, uh, the sixth most shots out of any player. It had, like, the sixth worst shooting percentage. Um, took a lot of shots, missed a lot of them. And just watching the game, there would be a lot of possessions where it seemed like – uh, it was just stagnant. Like he'd get the ball and then just take a bad off angle shot and not get a lot, a lot of touches. And so it's tough to play when you're not touching the ball that often. And you're always playing defense. Um, that being said, I think the Red was didn't have their best showing. And they, but it's so much different than the field game. Um, I, I think it's it's wouldn't be wise to take what happened at this championship series and sort of take too much stock into what that means for the upcoming season, just because it is a different sport. It's a different game rosters are so much different um that like i think there's it's definitely good as a team to get some chemistry and take some pauses away from it but if you have a bad showing it's not the end of the world i don't think that's that huge a deal um yeah it's so interesting what you mentioned about the rosters because like i didn't even think of it like you know obviously they're playing a totally different game like obviously your strategy for this type of game is going to be different than the strategy for like a regular pll that you know, the field's smaller. There's a lot less um, focus on defense and more on creating as much offense as you can. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There's 25 guys on the summer roster. Only 12 guys made it um, to the championship series. Most teams brought two goalies um, and then 10 players. And I don't think a single player who plays typically, or maybe one or two guys who usually have long pulls uh, played just because, yeah, it's super offensive. The value of a defender without a long pole is, is typically not that great. It seems so far. Right. And I think part of why the cannons were so successful is they just have so many weapons on offense. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Matt Campbell earlier, but Matt Cavanaugh had a great championship game. Um, Ryan Drenner is a, a good vet. Marcus Holman, one of the best attack in the league. Asher Nolting, I think is really good. Like they just have guys who can beat you in a lot of different ways. And a lot of guys who can beat you. And I think that's kind of what, what led to the win for the cannons. Well, that was kind of going to lead into what I was going to ask about that, you know, the cannons, obviously they were, they won. Um, so, you know, you mentioned how good they were attacking with all those different guys that you mentioned. What were some other reasons why you think they were able to come out on top? And obviously I know that they won the championship by a goal. So, you know, it's not like, okay, they were the team that dominated, but um, what did you think in terms of, other like reasons why they were able to come out on top. Yeah. I think it starts like what I just sort of talked about with their offense. Like they had the two of the three guys, each has seven goals or sorry, uh, three guys, he has seven, two point goals and two of them played for the cannons, Marcus Holman and Matt Campbell. So they really get those, those uh, two balls, which they, when they needed to a lot of weapons, um, I think timely goaltending, I think their Colin curse played very, very well for them. Um, just watching the games, like, it's so tough for the goalies. There's so many point-blank opportunities, so many times where it's a one-on-one -on -one or guys are taking step-down shots from nine yards away. So it's 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 terrifying to get in in front of those uh, balls at 100 miles an hour, and he did a really good job, I thought. Um, had a big overtime save in the final game um, that, like, would have lost in the championship if, if it went in. So I think uh, goal setting is really, really hard, but like there are times in games where goalies need to keep you in it or need to keep you, keep your lead. And he definitely had some, some very timely saves. Um, and I also think just the kind of similar to the, 
the chaotic nature of the championship series, just the format helped them. Um, the Cannons, they lost their first game to the Redwoods and was maybe the best game of the tournament, um, an overtime game, 26-25. Um, tough loss, but I think you saw it as the teams played more and more games because um, you can only practice so much and do the live action scrimmages. Like when you, you're playing someone else and you have those games, you, you learn and you get better. And I think as the week went on, they got better and got more chemistry. Um, they benefited from the tournament uh, sort of format for sure. I mean, they lost two games. They had a, they beat the Archers, like I said, lost the Redwoods by one. And they got smoked by the, by the Water Dogs by 10 goals early in the tournament. In the round robin, they lost 22 to 12. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, they're the three seed going in. Uh, but it's just two games, and they're so quick and they're so fast. Anything can happen. Um, I think a team can ride a hot goalie. They can get hot. They can make the plays when they need to. And then obviously some bounces go their way in the finals. Um, some guys for the, for the Water Dogs can't play or they're hurt. And then that's how they end up with an overtime win. Um, I think it shows like how lacrosse can change so fast. Like, especially in the PLL, there's so much parity. Um, like the Archers went 0-4. Um, but it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't have surprised anyone if, if they won a couple games or they made it to the playoffs and were the finals. So I think um yeah, they they wrote a hot goalie, had some really timely scores, and then yeah, ended up mm-hmm. winning. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that that's you know sounds so familiar as like a sport like hockey where you can ride a hot goaltender and get you know timely timely saves from you know your goalies and timely goals, obviously as well. I mean, obviously they're very talented with all the different guys they can roll out, but getting goals at the most opportune time, you know, obviously helped them. Um, So I was kind of thinking about this in terms of how much time between the end of the championship series to like the start of the regular season is Mm -hmm. a couple months. Do you think the cannons can build off of the championship series win into the regular season? Or do you think it's something where it's just like, it's it's more of a random thing because the game is totally totally different than like the game they would typically play. So I think the biggest thing is just a confidence thing. Um, I think it's not like they can use the chem- like their momentum right now right in the regular season. But I think they won. They had a great time celebrating. There were some videos coming out of them partying. Had a great time. Um, yeah. And. I think they probably would say that, or maybe not, but I think they care about the regular season more than the championship series. Right. But that doesn't mean that the next time they suit up, it's going to be the last time we played, you know, as, as a, a competitive game for the cannons, like we, we won the finals. Like th- this is going to mean something like they're it's, it's kind of weird. Cause like you said, it's kind of far from the start of the regular season, but it's almost like they're not the defending champions, but someone's won since then. You know what I mean? So like, um, the 2023 PLL championship. Um, sorry, one sec. I forget. Um, yeah, the, the Archers won that. They beat the Water Dogs in the finals. Um, and so they were the, the defending champions. They had a bad championship series. And I don't know if they're going to feel kind of like a lack of confidence maybe when they touch the field again. Um, who knows? Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think there's a huge thing. Just they're more confidence. Like last time we played, we, we won. Mm-hmm. with the season hopefully um but what do you what do you think in general about sports having like these sort of other tournaments that aren't the finals like the nba has their in-season tournament 
lacrosse has this sort of it's not in a season but it's yeah and it's a short season but like what what do you how how would you feel about that like if hockey did something or if or if baseball did a little like interleague thing what are your thoughts i think i think i think it would be i think it would be fun and interesting um i just think i would wonder like what the competitive competitive level would be like um i think with the in-season tournament like at the beginning i kind of wasn't really sure if guys would take it seriously, but it kind of seemed like it worked out. I think my slight concern with hockey would be like, I wouldn't want there to be too many extra games because I think like guys that play hockey, there's so much uh, toll that it takes on their body where it's like, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want them to play too many extra games. And I just feel like, I don't know if, that would be something that guys would take seriously. Um, You know, I think it would be an interesting idea of doing something like this, because I think it would be interesting to kind of get the interest level up, which is, I think, kind of what the in-season tournament did. Um, But I think the in-season tournament in particular, I think that the tiebreakers needed to be a little bit more clearer, because I think that kind of made it confusing and convoluted that it was like, okay what's the point differential this and that and it's like feel like it could have been a little bit more clear in terms of how you would advance to the next stage so you know I think each league kind of does would in in that situation would do their own thing um, individually but I don't think I'd be against the idea I think I'd just be interested to see what that looks like and whether guys would take it seriously as competitors yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's, it feels to me kind of like, I don't know European soccer that well, but it feels like there's a bunch of different tournaments you can win each year. Mm. Like those, I think the like the Premier League teams can win like the Premier League or the Champions League or like there's like an All-England tournament, I think. So it's like, yeah, yeah, the FA Cup. Yeah, so I think it'd be interesting. Um, there are so many games in baseball, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Although I do think there is maybe some value of – Kind of like how the NBA, I think the winning teams each have to play one extra game. Um, But it would be cool to see in the MLB, I think, like in like mid-July, you have some some games for stakes and there's a winner at the end of it. And I don't know if it's money that that each team gets or maybe the winning team gets some sort of tie break if it it comes down to it in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it would be interesting to see if players actually tried. Yeah, I almost Um, think that something like that would be better than the all-star game. I mean, I don't know how that would work, but I just feel like, you know, we, we've seen all-star games throughout the years. I mean, the NBA all-star game was just this weekend. It's just like, you would like to see players taking stuff like that a little bit more seriously. So it's almost like, man, I wish there was some type of, you know, tournament. I mean, kind of like the NHL kind of does it with that all-star tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there, there, there could be something there that they could make it work. Yeah, and I think guys definitely don't try as hard as they usually would in that tournament. But I think the NHL probably has the best All Star weekend. Maybe that in baseball. I think NBA is pretty pretty pathetic, and NFL has now accepted that they're kind of a joke. Yeah. They just do flag football and skills yeah. challenge, whatever. Um, which is fine. I just I don't know. It's it is a good point because it is kind of annoying. Not annoying, but it's like why are we watching this All Star game right now? Yeah, like who really cares? I saw someone say. Um, 
what if they did like just just a USA versus Worlds game? Like, would that motivate people? Hmm. Um, yeah, or that, yeah. I also heard a take that was like each player on the winning team has to get ten thousand dollars, but everyone on the losing team has to pay it. So like, it's Ooh. not just like you get ten thousand. It's like if hmm. the if the East wins, like Jason Tatum, like has to get money that like Steph Curry gives him or whatever. That'd be pretty interesting. I feel like if the players had some stakes on it and it wasn't just like you get money, it's like you will have to pay someone $10,000 and they always have that over you. I think that'd be really interesting. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, yeah. All right. Well, a little bit of a burger lock there. I think we'll circle back to ELL, but um, you know, it kind of talked about it off the top in terms of, you know, the championship series for the league that it's probably good in terms of their exposure. Um, but if you think about the tournament as a whole, what are kind of some positives that you think this has brought to the league or can continue to bring to the league? Yeah, um, I think number one is uh, the timing of it, for one. I think it's after Super Bowl, which is intentional, middle of winter, and there's pro lacrosse on TV. Um, they had it on ESPN2, a lot of games, and ESPN Plus with every game. Um, so I think that ex exposure is really good for lacrosse fans because – the college season is just starting up. There's there's been a few weeks of like Division One men's college across, mm -hmm. but the pro season ended in September. Doesn't start again till May, so it is super nice to have some just some lacrosse on TV in December. So maybe fans who don't always watch or fans who, you know, forget there's lacrosse on are like, oh wow, look at that, there, there's some games on, which is super super nice. Mm -hmm. um, I think it it gets going to help a lot with the Olympics, like playing it before the Olympics. It'll get the players a lot better. So because on a, like a lot of the best teams in the Olympics are going to be the USA, Canada, Iroquois. And a lot of these guys are playing in this championship series now. So they're going to have a lot of experience playing this type of game, which is good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's definitely different that it's like not the same. It'd kind of be like if the, N if the uh, NBA, like a three-on-three -three basketball tournament, mm. uh, kind of like that. Because it's a lot of the skills are similar, but the team concepts and the – and the strategy is just so much different, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just um, not what the field is, mm -hmm. uh, what the field game is. So I think it's really good for players to play that way. I'm sure it helps them in the field game, like with their with their skills, with their sort of um, improvising. Um, it'll help them get better for the Olympics, and I think it just helps the fans see the sport more, which is which is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the exposure is always kind of the important thing, but um, I think it is you know, great timing, like you said, because it's after the Super Bowl, you know, and now I think it's, you know, time that, uh, like, D1 lacrosse is starting to kick up. So it's like, okay, you have something that can kind of ease you into it if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, they fully took advantage of the Sunday no football. I mean, they were ESPN Plus. They were on at 1 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. on Sunday. So, like, that was those, that was the semifinals. And the championship game was on Monday because it was the holiday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to keep continuing having it. Um, it's that one location, which is super easy, and it doesn't look like it's that big. There aren't that many in-person fans. So I'm not sure how big of an event it is for the league, like how much money they're actually making from fans mm -hmm. and ticket sales. Um, I know there's some, and you could buy some, like, suites and some ticket packages. But just watching it, it doesn't look like a full stadium because it's indoors, so it just can't be as big. Um, 
So I don't – I think that is one thing I think it could improve on would be – because that game would be very, very cool. If there's a, a, a tight arena, a lot of fans, loud, it could be really, really exciting. Because mm-hmm. um, it got physical. There were a lot of big hits, a lot of a lot of words thrown. It was it was definitely in, intense. The players wanted to win for sure. Well, that's good. I think that that's kind of the most important thing with something like this where guys want to be competitive and guys want to win. Um, you know, as we mentioned about the – kind of in-season tournament type of thing with with other leagues that that kind of is like the number one thing where it's like they do do that in another league it's like you want guys to be competitive and really be you know getting after it yeah and i mean they they definitely were you saw at the end like guys were celebrating like the locker room like they were very very excited they won there were a lot of like big hits a lot of tempers like it was some borderline fights it was definitely an exciting like physical matchup especially in the finals and the playoffs um yeah, it was it, it was some good lacrosse. It was a nice, like, it feels like lacrosse on steroids, like flash lacrosse. Like, the quarters are a little shorter. It's like four, eight-minute quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything is just faster. Shot clock's faster. The players go faster. The subbing is like hockey. They're in and out fast, fast, fast. Um, so it, it's really exciting to watch. And, like, when you're watching it, it almost felt like the flow is similar to hockey, where it's just things mm-hmm. that are constantly happening, which is, yeah. I think, a fun sport to watch. Yeah. Yeah, uh, lacrosse on steroids. I think that's a good good way to kind of put a bow on this. But, uh, Chris, thanks for coming on. This was great uh, chatting, and uh, I look forward to PLL regular season. Maybe we can uh, get you back on at, at that point. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks, Garrett. Maybe I could come on after M- Memorial Day so you could do some college recap and then look forward to the PLL season, something yeah. like that. That sounds good. All right, well, uh, Chris, thanks for coming on, and uh, – Folks, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.